0: Mayfly. An audiobook project written and narrated by Ray Fletcher. Epilogue. It had been raining all day, and she'd been afraid there'd be no proper sunset. Storm clouds still hung above her head, bruised and heavy, but to the west, the sky was gloriously clear. The dying sun clung to the sea. Boats punctuated the liquid gold with clean, sharp silhouettes. Small islands and the outstretched arms of the mainland slowly drained of detail. Trees and houses and roads replaced with pinpricks and chains of lights. It was the most beautiful thing Marianne had ever seen. She hugged the plush robe closer, reveling in the comfort of it. The doctor said it was safe for her to pick up her usual routine, but she hadn't felt like going out. She hadn't even finished exploring the apartment building and all of its amenities yet. The sun set. She smiled, hearing sounds from the bedroom. Ash was getting better at making normal noises and taking her time. Feasting on Ewan had made her more than her usual self, resulting in sudden appearances and, occasionally, broken walls. They weren't sure if it was permanent or not. So far, a faint glow still kicked up when she was excited. Marianne was getting used to it, wondering aloud what would excite her enough to brighten her to reading-lamp level. She joined Marianne on the balcony, mysteriously rumpled as usual. Marianne shifted over to give her room to sit on the... bench thing. It was too plush to be a bench, really. It must have a name. Fancy things always had names. Good morning. So to speak. Marianne kissed her. She felt like a cool silk pillow when Marianne leaned against her. How are you feeling? Mentally. Physically. Emotionally. Texturally. Start with the easiest one. Doctor said it's all okay down there, as far as she can tell. If I get knocked up again, they'll want to keep a close eye on things. I'm sorry, my girl. It was the doppelganger that was excited about it, and Mom and them. Even if I did want it, the doppelganger, you know, if there was any chance that Ewan messed it up somehow. Ash rubbed her arm, soothing away her agitation. It's just, was it something I did? Something he did? Why does it even matter since I didn't want to have a baby anyway? It was taken out of your hands. Yeah, I guess. She took a deep breath. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to feel. I don't think there's a supposed to. Guilt, anger, relief, adrift, free. Why is it so confusing? Marianne made a face. It's probably all hormones or something. It's all right just to feel what you feel. Simple as that? I think so. Right now, she'd passed out on the way to the hospital and woke late the next day, cushioned by painkillers, with her mom and Bobby there, both of them dozing in chairs. Despite the drugs, she ached all over and her head throbbed. There were bandages everywhere. It seemed like, what kind of story could she concoct to explain it all? But in the end, she got lucky. They hadn't asked just then. A helpful passerby had seen her in trouble. The nurses said just one of the thousands of people in trouble that night, and brought her to the overwhelmed emergency room. When the tentative questions did come, her concussion provided the excuse of memory loss. It was her mom who explained the miscarriage, while Bobby sat by her bed, red-eyed and silent, holding one of her bandaged hands. Seeing their grief and sympathy helped her hide her immediate surge of relief, and then the guilt for it, and then the anger, directionless and impotent. The confusion of emotions finally made her cry. They never needed to know, she decided. They didn't need to know about the hunting, or the fighting, or any of it. They didn't need to know what she'd been planning. Ash had come every night, dodging the night nurses to lay with her. The mess of painkillers and hormones made the discussion slow. It was embarrassing how much she'd cried. On one of those long nights, Ash had offered a way out. A way to start an entirely new life. I have money. She said, enough for you to disappear, if you want, and become someone new. In the end, Marianne couldn't do it, but she couldn't stay, either. She expected more pushback from her mom when she said she was going to live down in Vancouver for a bit. She'd been worried, but she'd given in, especially when Sarah said that she'd watch out for her. Maybe John being there helped. He'd been there for Marianne, too, after her talk with Bobby. Ash found his ring in the tall grass of the playground, and that's where she'd met with him, as far from the cottonwood tree as she could easily walk. He argued, to his credit, determined to prove that he always meant to marry her. She thought that she was faking tears to convince him, except that they continued long after he'd hugged her goodbye and disappeared into the chilled twilight. John came looking for her and sat beside her. Stronger relationships collapse under lighter problems he said. She apologized for being weird when she rested her head on his shoulder for a little while. He assured her that it wasn't weird at all. She wasn't the only one leaving. The disaster had killed hundreds of people. It was hard for any town, much less a small one. And it had destroyed dozens of houses and businesses. It was still making headlines weeks later. The explosions, fires, and death were being investigated. But so far, there was no explanation Officials were leaning toward a problem with gas pockets. It would, they said, explain both the destruction and the strange visions that so many people reported. As Ash predicted, they were finding a story that made sense. Without Ewan to master them and the gate to attract them, most of the monsters fleeing the collapsing world had scattered. They'd have to be hunted later. The trails picked up when the dust had settled, and Marianne was fully recovered. Then there were the lights. There was no way of knowing if they were enemy or ally. Ash told her not to borrow trouble. When Marianne pointed out that Ash was the one who brought up the topic, she was offered a kiss as a distraction. Marianne had never let a subject drop faster in her life. Sarah emailed, Ash said. How is everyone? As well as can be expected? John's hanging in there with your ma. She's going to meetings, he says. She rubbed her eyes. Ash's patience had been endless. She couldn't say how it was better to cry on someone's shoulder, only that it was. Just right then she didn't want to give way to it, resentful of the roller coaster of hormones. Ash's fingers brushed the tears away, smooth and cooling. Of course she knew. Sorry. I don't know why I keep mm. grieving takes time. I wanted to leave. I want to be here. Goodbyes are still hard. Mm. Marianne felt Ash laugh. She took a deep breath, fresh sea air mingling with the smell of Ash's hair. Did the whammy work? She didn't have to look. She knew Ash's pained expression and smiled. Whammy. She gave up with a sigh. Charlene doesn't remember anything about the kidnapping or the house. There should be nothing to prompt, recall. The wind picked up, tangling Marianne's hair. Ash tucked a lock back behind her ear with great care. Marianne turned for another kiss and noticed a black box sitting beside her. That's really pretty. For you. It was smooth as glass, with a shining butterfly on the lid. She thought it was plastic until she rapped on it. It was lacquered wood instead. She used the cuff of her robe to wipe off her grubby fingerprints and cover for her tears. Thank you. Open it, you silly thing. She lifted the lid. Inside was a bank book for a new account and a scattering of debit and credit cards. Are you sure about this? Girls go crazy with credit cards. You'll figure it out. At the bottom of the box was a unicorn keychain. There wasn't just an apartment key on it. Oh my god. Is it... It's for the car? Ash's fingers twitched. Marianne held it up and swung it gently, watching her eyes follow it like a cat with a toy. I promise that she's yours. I'll only drive when I have to. No. No, no. It's... Ash looked sheepish. Thank you. She rested her head again. Do unicorns exist? The keychain was sparkly. I've never seen one. But what does that mean? Maybe you can dream one into being... Two. One would get lonely. She nuzzled Marianne's hair. Aren't you going to check your bank balance? Hm. What's the minimum? She sat up. Ash watched her. Carefully, she thought. Um... Did I just graduate to high-class call girl or what? rolled her eyes. I couldn't add enough zeros onto that one to show your worth. She took Marianne's hand. It's yours, without conditions. It isn't a payment to bind you to me. It's freedom. Freedom to go? If, if you want. Freedom to stay? I'd really like that. She clutched it. Do you think I could take some classes? Maybe by correspondence? If you like. Anything you like. That's what freedom means. Marianne resettled herself, hugging the bank book while Ash hugged her. If the wind came and snatched the box away, she'd still be happy in Ash's arms. It was a scary feeling. An incredible feeling. We have to stay here a while anyway, to hunt, right? It would be a fine thing to set up a home here, with you. Ash? Yes, my girl? Don't let go. Never. Never. Thank you to everyone who followed Marianne's story this far. Writing and recording this has been an incredible adventure. While the audio form began as a whim, it's been a great ride with a very steep learning curve. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you did, and there's a way to give a thumbs up on whatever platform you're listening on, I hope you consider it. If you feel so inclined, a recommendation to a friend or a peep at some of my other books would be most welcome first chapter of book two with the working title of Sirens is being recorded. The hunting continues in slightly fancier digs as Yuan's legacy spreads out to start colonizing the world. Be back in two weeks to meet Captain Bobo. I hope you're all doing well and have a great night.